Before I start this week's podcast, I'd like to take some time to talk about the recent events in the United States, specifically the death of George Floyd on May 25th and the fallout we've witnessed since then. I'm recording this podcast on Sunday, June 7th, nearly two weeks after Floyd was killed by a police officer in Minneapolis. Around the world, people are marching in protest. They're calling for the end of systemic racism against black people and the unwarranted use of force by police. In some cities, there have been riots and violence. To be honest, I didn't know how to respond to this. I could say that this is just a curling podcast, and it isn't my place to be making any kind of statement. What changed my mind was imagining one of my little rocks curlers approaching me next season and asking me about it. Coach Glenn, did you hear about George Floyd? What do you think? How would I answer them? I've always believed that youth sport is not really about sport, and that the goal of a coach is not to create better athletes, but to create better people. If we truly believe that, we can't hide inside the walls of our curling clubs. We need to acknowledge the real but uncomfortable truth in our world, even when it's outside our sport. Whether it's George Floyd or other incidents like it, our kids may look to us for answers. So, I ask you coaches, are we prepared to answer them? We can't afford to put our heads in the sand. If we want to teach our kids a life lesson, if we want them to be better people, we need to model the behavior we expect from them. We need to learn as much as we can about systemic racism. We need to listen to black people, as well as people of color and indigenous people. We need to actively resist racism. I don't have all the answers, but if I can give an honest effort to learn about the problem, and give an honest answer to that little rock's curler, I feel like I'm on the right track. Thanks for your time. Now, on to the podcast. Welcome to the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. My name is Glenn Gabriel, and I'm a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. Today's podcast is the first part of a two-part episode on teaching curling strategy. In part one, I'll share some of the experiences I've had teaching and watching other people teach curling strategy. Then I'll tell you why I avoid teaching traditional curling strategy, at least to kids, and why I teach three key skills instead. Imagine you're a skip standing in the house, and it's your team's turn to throw. You look at the ice in front of you, and you ask yourself, what shot should I call? Guess what? That's the definition of curling strategy. You'll find longer versions of that definition, especially at more competitive levels of curling, but ultimately, it comes down to this. What shot should I call? Now that you have my definition of strategy, I'm going to share some experiences where I've been the student and I've been the teacher. Each of these moments plays a role in how I teach strategy or don't teach it today. Fall 2003. I was taking my first ever learn to curl clinic. Unlike most clinics, it ran for seven weeks 
so there was lots of time to learn skills and strategy. Every Wednesday night, they divided our group into two. Half of us would be on the ice, learning to slide and sweep, while the other half would be indoors learning strategy. Then we would switch places after an hour. When we were indoors, an instructor would stand in front of a stand with a curling sheet on it, and he'd move around magnetic discs that represented rocks, playing imaginary games. We learned FESRAIN, which was an acronym that stood for seven different criteria to decide what shot to throw. Sure, we learned something, but it was complicated and it was boring. I never wanted to go through a strategy session like that ever again. 2010. I was taking coaching courses for my Level 3 certification, now known as Competition Development. Courses with names like Developing Athletic Abilities, Psychology of Performance. In one of these courses, I saw a chart that broke down each sport into different categories. In the Strategy column, it listed curling as being very hard. It confirmed something that I already knew intuitively. Curling strategy is hard, and it's hard to grasp and hard to teach. March 2015. I invited two coaches from the Ontario Curling Association to observe our Little Rocks practice at East York and give me feedback. At this particular practice, we were teaching all the kids' strategy off the ice, using a house printed on a piece of paper and M&Ms as rocks. The strategy lesson lasted 20 minutes, and it focused on the concepts of offense, defense, and balanced attack. Needless to say, it was too complicated and too long, especially for our youngest kids with short attention spans. These three experiences, and many others, got me thinking. Apart from the obvious technical skills of curling, like sliding and sweeping, what do curlers really need to know before they can start playing? What's the bare minimum? I narrowed it down to three things. Number one, scoring. Specifically, how to score an end and how to use a scoreboard. This is going to sound like a dumb question, but I never assume that a curler knows the answer. How do you win a curling game? Answer, you have to score more points than your opponents. So you literally have to know how to determine a score after an end. And then you have to put that score on a typical scoreboard. Number two, understanding the two basic shots, draws and hits. When I started teaching adult learn to curl clinics, I noticed something when new curlers skipped for the first time. Almost all of them would freeze. They didn't know what to do. There were too many choices. So I simplified their decision. I asked them, you want a hit or do you want a draw? Now, before you email me and say there are way more choices than that, remember, I'm trying to simplify things. Also, every curling shot is just a variation of a draw or hit. I define a draw as placing a stone somewhere specifically on the ice. A hit, on the other hand, is when a rock makes contact with another rock. So every time a skip looks at a situation on the ice, one of the first questions they can ask themselves is, draw or hit? Number three, knowing how to call a shot. In other words, learning skip signals. Once you decide on a shot, a skip has to know how to call that shot. 
That means teaching them the physical gestures and motions of different kinds of shots, as well as verbally communicating those instructions across the sheet to their teammates. Of course, the other teammates have to be able to decipher those signals. A skip should also know that a rock's path is curved, and that you have to take this into account when you put down the target broom. This is also known as giving ice. To recap, I teach three basic skills to all my little rocks curlers. Number one, knowing how to determine the score of an end and using the scoreboard. Number two, understanding the two basic shots, draws and hits. And number three, knowing how to call a shot and knowing skip signals. In my opinion, these skills are the building blocks to curling strategy. At a bare minimum, they're all necessary to playing games. In next week's episode, I'll tell you some of the activities I use to demonstrate those concepts. I'll also share one piece of strategy I give to my little rocks when they play in bond spiels. Finally, I'll introduce a curling analogy that'll make you rethink the way you teach curling strategy. Okay, now it's time for this week's Coaching Tidbit. In this segment, I share a piece of coaching information that might help you in your coaching education. In the latest episode of the Way of Coaching podcast, John O'Sullivan interviews Nick Winkleman, the author of the recently released book, The Language of Coaching. For those of you who believe in the power of words, you'll learn a lot from Coach Nick. I especially like the section on using analogies to teach movement skills. We coaches should use our creativity to translate physical skills to vivid and memorable images that athletes can retrieve for themselves. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. Subscribe to our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can also help us by leaving a rating or a view. For links to the resources mentioned in this episode, visit our website at coachingkidscurling.com. Click on the episodes link, then click on this episode or a link to the podcast mentioned in Coaching Tidbits. The intro and outro music for this podcast was Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling. Mm-hmm.